I enjoy building this stuff and seeing the look on your face when I bring it to you and you are surprised because I added a little extra flavor to it. That's Jay Paul the Carpenter, owner of Porch 959, and I'm excited to talk with him right after a quick word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Jobber. Jobber is software to organize and manage your business. From quoting a project to getting paid to everything in between, Jobber software brings everything together to make projects easy to manage and customers happy, giving you more time in your day and getting you paid faster. Go to getjobber.com slash Ethan or check out the link in the show notes for a free 14-day trial of Jobber. And if you try it now, you get 20% off your first six months when you sign up. Hello and welcome to Building a Furniture Brand with Ethan Abramson, the show that talks about the business behind the furniture business. On this episode, I sit down with Jay Paul the Carpenter, owner of the Atlanta, Georgia-based furniture company, Porch 959. Finding success in multiple creative careers is not easy. Although the idea of artistry may seem similar, in truth, it is far from it. But Jay Paul the Carpenter has done just that. A professional singer-songwriter with multiple accolades to his name, he changed his career to become a professional woodworker. And he's been building a name for himself as he goes. Follow along as we talk about working with celebrity clients, dealing with the solitude of working for yourself, understanding imposter syndrome, and much more. There's a lot to talk about in this episode, so let's get into it and hear about J. Paul the Carpenter's story in his own words. Man, uh, my furniture journey started, um, I would have to say 2016, really strong 2016. I moved to Atlanta in September of 2014. I was on tour for a while with an artist, an artist named Lecrae. I did a song with him and um, the song did way better than we thought it was going to do. And it ended up being Grammy nominated and just all kind of stuff. So that was like, that was fun. And then, um, I mean, Lecrae has always been a big brother of mine. So we had a little falling out, you know, just little brother, big brother stuff. Um, and then we finally came, I finally went to him and was like, Hey bro, like because of this tour schedule and because of like how hectic all of this stuff is like, I I'm, I'm ready to come off the road. Like this is too much. Um, we had a situation where we were in, um, LA at four o'clock in the morning, flew to New York, flew to Dallas, flew to Houston, and then flew back to LA that night for the show. So like all of that was just way too much. And then after telling him like, I'm ready to, I'm ready to come off the road. You know what I'm saying? This is too much. I didn't know what I was going to do. So I had some money saved up, um, just trying to figure out things. And I started dating my girlfriend, now wife at the time. Um, and she had a drill at her house and she had a corded drill. I don't even know what the name of this drill was. Like this was the heaviest drill I've ever had and I've ever held in my hands. And she let me borrow that corded drill. I went to Walmart, got a jigsaw and I made a headboard. And then I started making just little small things around the house, just decorative things around the house, me and my roommates. We have uh, what we needed at the time. And one of the guys who was the, the marketing director at, at a record label here in Atlanta, he was like, bro, like you should start selling this stuff. 
And I was like, bro, get the heck out of here. Ain't nobody going to buy this stuff. Like, nobody's going to want to buy a table made out of pallets or or whatever the situation was. But, I mean, randomly, I posted <laughs> some stuff on, I posted a swing that I did for my girlfriend then and now wife. Um, I posted a swing that I did, and out of nowhere, everybody in my neighborhood was like, I want one. They just all kept hitting me up. I want one. I want one. I didn't know how to price these things. I didn't know. I, I didn't even really know what I was doing. I had never been in the like furniture industry at all. Like never really made anything. So it was just hard trying to figure all of that stuff out. But I took the knowledge that I had from 19 to 24 years old. I'm now 37. But I took the knowledge of when I used to build military airplanes back then. I worked on the C-17, Gulfstream 4 and 5, the Black Hawk helicopter, the Global Hawk airplane, um, just a whole bunch of well, the spy airplane. I, I just built a whole bunch of stuff. So I took the knowledge that I had from that. And I also took the knowledge of some of the stuff that my stepdad taught me growing up. Um, working on cars, building little small things that my mom needed around the house, shelving and stuff like that. Took the knowledge of both of those things and then just brought it into building furniture. Well, in the beginning, I wasn't the person who would sit down and look at uh, or draw up draw up any, any plans. I would just look at something and go, okay, well, I need to do this, 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 and this. And never wrote anything down. I was kind of like the Jay-Z of carpentry, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Never wrote anything down and just only looked at something, saw what I wanted to build, and then just built off of just looking at it and the knowledge of knowing how to do it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's really where it started for me. What was the transition like from being a musician and being on tour to building in a shop because it's a much different lifestyle. And I know furniture makers say that building furniture is hard and it's stressful, but I don't think a lot of people out there who have their own companies are jumping on six planes in a day to get to different places, to do interviews, to go on stage that night and to leave. That's a stressful thing, but it's also very social thing. You're interacting with a lot of people. You're getting up on stage, you're performing. And there is that interaction that is missing from being a furniture maker most of the time. It is a, more of a solitary profession. So right. what what was that switch like for you? And how did you deal with going from the spotlight to the furniture bench? Yeah, yeah. It was kind of hard in, in the beginning. And by the beginning, I mean, maybe the first six months of it. I was also still doing some traveling. Um, I didn't just like all the way stop. I just stopped touring. So I would still do maybe one show a month after that for the, I mean, for, I mean, up until maybe the last year and a half or when COVID hit, that's when, that's when the touring like just stopped. But even with that, it was still kind of hard. Because, I mean, I, I enjoy people. I'm a huge people person. I mean, when me and you met, I was just like, oh, this he a cool dude. Like, I, I'm down to sit down and have a conversation with him. You know what I'm saying? Not, not even on the podcast or, or, or whatever. Just have a conversation with anybody. Um, so I love people. And that was one of the main things that I did on tour, even like going outside before the show, before the show starts and, and meeting people and hanging out because I get energy from just being around people. And then going from that into being just in my space in my little shop space and 
being by myself, it was like, let me just put some music in my ears. And that also gave me energy. Like it also made me feel like, oh, like I'm still getting my fix. And I'm still like doing songwriting for people and songwriting camps and, you know, stuff like that. So that's even like a conference, like a atmosphere. You've got 15, 20, maybe even 30 songwriters in a studio space and everybody's just going from studio room to studio room. Um, so I still get that fix, but I will say it, it has been kind of hard not to be in the music industry like I was. It's a very, it's a very, that's a very interesting question. I haven't even, um, I haven't thought about it fully. <laughs> I just had to, like, I, I got a girlfriend, we got engaged, we had kids. So in my head, all I was thinking about was I got to make money for my family. So I haven't even really fully thought about that, if I'm honest. Well, you made your own audience. You made a long list of clients that yeah, yeah. are looking to have you perform. And it's a different right. performance. It's not on stage. It's your furniture, but it's still a creative outlet. It's still you putting your voice into something. And straight up. now instead of a song, instead of a microphone, it's a piece of furniture through tools. Yep, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So, I mean, and and it's fun. Again, it, like the woodworking is fun. Like it, I'm a like immediate gratification type person. Like I have to, like I enjoy building something and seeing the end result immediately. When you write songs or when you're doing, when you're doing music, you write the song and then two years later, maybe that song will pop. Um, you write the song and maybe it'll get placed with an artist. I mean, it just takes so long with music and with with carpentry or building or any, you know what I'm saying, woodworking, period. It just makes it so much easier to say, man, I built this coffee table and this client was asking for this specific coffee table and I just made it and brought it to their house and I see their eyes light up and they're like overly excited about the fact that I did something for them. And I built something strong enough and sturdy enough that they could have this thing for their kids' kids. You know what I'm saying? So like that is that is gratifying to me. So, yeah, I, I love it. That's that's like you said, that's my new audience. So the gratification is is one thing and getting, you know, getting that feeling of of love from a client who you deliver a piece for. But. If we take a step back, and I'm taking a step back to the beginning of when you started this, because now people know you, people know you as a furniture maker, you have articles, you have a lot of clients, you are successful in the business. But Mm -hmm. when you first started, you had a name for yourself in one industry. You were winning awards, you were on stage, people knew who you were, but you switched to furniture where you didn't have a name for yourself people didn't know you and i know that for you it's sort of an extreme thing because you go from one day people cheering your name on stage to the next day being in your shop and building furniture yeah and that's an extreme situation but a lot of people do experience a similar thing where they work at a job and people in that job know them they have a job title and they have experience and people respect them for that. And then when they switch industries to starting their own furniture business, they're yeah. probably not that well-known. So uh, how, 
how did you deal with that transition of being well known in an industry that you push yourself to be successful into starting a different industry that you were going to push yourself to be successful, but at the beginning you were not. Yeah. Again, it, it, it was hard in the beginning because again, I, I enjoy being around people. I enjoy entertaining people. I enjoy, I just enjoy people. <laughs> I love people. So even being in this industry of furniture making, woodworking, I thought that a lot of people, a lot of people that were doing woodworking didn't know each other and literally just did this stuff by themselves. I thought that this was just a lonely industry. <laughs> like until meeting people like yourself, until meeting people and seeing that, man, like y'all really hang out. Y'all really get to know each other. Y'all really encourage each other. It was definitely a hard transition in the beginning, but it's, I mean, it's, it's a, it's just a hard, it's a hard transition. I mean, I've worked, I've worked very hard to in music, but I've also worked very hard in, in this industry as well with the furniture making and the, and the woodworking. I've worked very hard in these industries, but it just seems like woodworking is it, just, I, I don't know. It just, it, took a little bit longer for me again because I didn't know anybody in it. And I'm not going to lie, even myself, because I haven't been in it that long and because I don't know all of the ins and outs of furniture making and all the people who are doing it and all the makers, period. I don't know all of them. I, I even felt like maybe I was a little bit of an imposter. Maybe I don't really belong here. You know what I'm saying? Like, still just trying to figure that out because I've built so I've grown and built so many friends in the music industry. Um, it just felt like I just didn't belong. So it felt a little lonely for a little second. But now it feels great. At least in the beginning. And even as you progress and grow your company and get more employees and the act of building furniture is a very solitary profession. Yeah. A classic example jumps out at me when you're on the table saw and you're cutting a piece. And if somebody comes over and helps you with that piece, it messes you up. You don't want a second hand right. when you're building. It's, it's a, right. a that's a very physical example, but <laughs> right. It works in this situation. It's a, yep. even when you're working in a team, yeah, team lifts are great, but you're all working on separate things. So it is solitary. And if you don't grow that community around you, if you don't reach out to people, if you're just a hermit in your shop, then it can be not only a lonely profession, but you don't grow the same way you would if you were talking with other furniture makers because they share their experiences. They share their client interactions. They share how they built their business and how they built their furniture in equal parts to help you succeed. Uh, yeah, I agree. You've kind of been selling yourself a little short because you're saying it took you a while to get in, a while to get in, a while to build your company. And Yes, I'm sure it did, but there's a learning process. And your learning process was you had 
a humble beginning with tools and building small yeah. things, but you got success rather quickly. You put out those first pieces and sort of caught fire. You said you okay. were you were getting a lot of orders before you even knew how to build or price those orders. So you had yeah. the clients quickly, yeah. but then you needed to work on the business side. So if you can take a little trip down memory lane to when those first orders started coming in, what was your initial thought process in how am I going to build these and how am I going to price these? I'm a, I'm a doer. Uh, I'm a person that's just like, all right, let's just do it. Let's just do it and let's figure it out. <laughs> so my initial thought when trying to figure out like how to price things, how to get things to the people, like get the items to the people, stuff like that. I, I just messed up. <laughs> I, I, I just had to, I just had to mess up. I had to, I had to figure it all out. I, I remember the very first swing I made, I made it way too heavy because I was like, I don't want this thing to fall apart. I charged them a whole lot less than I should have charged them. And then because I didn't fully know how to hang the swings because I was doing it all. I was building the swing, painting or staining the swing, delivering it and hanging it for them. And the first one, I ended up losing like $500 on the first one. Cause I had to call somebody. I had to call some, some guys to come and embrace the, uh, the ceiling on the porch through the attic so that I could then hang it with the eye hooks. And that was just a learning curve for me. Like I was like, okay, so this is something that I need to pay attention to. So I started buying new tools. And like I said, I had saved some money. So I'm like, let me buy some other tools that I can use to make sure that on the front end, I know how to handle this. I know how to do this. Um, I wasn't a business major. I didn't even finish college. <laughs> um, I didn't just sit down and write down what is my business plan. I was like, again, I just need some money. Now I know this is a way for me to make some money. So let me figure out all of this stuff on the front end. And I'll work on the business part on the back end. Probably wasn't the best thing, but that was my strategy. I was just, again, just trying to get it done. That was my beginning. That was, that was how it all started for me in the beginning, was just trying to, like, maneuvering, trying to figure out how to maneuver in this business that I'm really not, I, in the beginning, I really wasn't just trying to make this, this my company. I was just like, I just need, I need some money right now. If this is the best way for me to do it, I'm going to do it. I just had to mess up. That, that is a perfect quote for anybody who has ever started a business because you don't know it from the beginning. There's no way yeah. you could take as many business classes as you wanted. You could take as yep. many furniture classes as you wanted. You could listen to every single person who's ever talked about running a furniture business yep. and know all of that and have all those notes. And then when you do it on your own, you're going to mess up. You're going to fall yep. on your face and it's going to be terrible. It's going to be horrible before it gets better. But yeah. you have to learn it on your own. It's your business. It's not somebody else's business. And that's why you work for yourself. That's why it's your company. You're building it in the best way you know how. So 
I really appreciate you being open and honest about and something that I know a lot of people can also relate to. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, you got that good initial bump for people in your community and you really worked that angle with the word of mouth and through social media and through people seeing pictures and sharing your stuff and your business took off in that way, which I want to talk about. But you also work with people in the music industry. The yeah. And yes, you have had success with regular clients, with people in your area, people who are just looking for custom furniture for their homes. But because of your very strong music background, you've also had an interesting journey building your clients from the music industry. And you've worked with some pretty big names in that industry. And it's definitely helped to push your business forward in a very big way. So let's talk about that, how you grew your furniture business using connections you had in the music industry. Working with people in the music industry was was on accident. <laughs> um, the, the, some of the folks that I've worked with, I didn't even know them personally. I knew their managers. I knew their uh, security guys, um, but I didn't know I didn't know them. So it was it was definitely interesting to get a phone call and they say, hey, T-Pain needs a, a studio booth, and, uh, something that we can have at the office. I mean, he has a studio at his home, at his house, but we need something at, at the office. So if we have one of our artists come through, they can just move this studio booth around the office and record wherever they want to record. And I was like, oh, and honestly, again, I was like, let's just say, yeah, and let's figure it out. <laughs> like, so I just said yes to it and took the deposit and started working on this thing. I told him I could have it done in three days. It took me like six days, but even still, like they were like, they loved it. They enjoyed it. They still use it. And that was cool for that situation to happen. Uh, one of my mentors, a, a guy named BJ, he's a, he does home renovations. And for the longest, I didn't know that he owned he was a co-owner of a studio here in Atlanta. All I knew was he was he he did renov home renovation stuff. And meeting him and seeing how he went from music into doing a, a, a similar thing as me was kind of like, man, this is kind of crazy. Man, I, I can really, I can really learn something from this guy because he was co-owner of the longest living studio in Atlanta. He's seen so many people come through Atlanta. He's seen all of these artists and now him being my my building business mentor he is bringing me into and trusting me knowing that i've listened to a lot of these people's music and i'm probably a fan of a lot of these people he's trusting me to come into these folks houses and to build a secret door for a bathroom or a hidden bookshelf door for a closet you know what I'm saying? Like he's trusting me to come in and do all of this stuff because he's seen the work that I that I've done. And then from there, me being in there and and those artists seeing like, oh, he's just a cool person. He's just a cool dude. He dresses cool when he works. And he really he's really good at what he does. Let me ask him if he can do this other thing. So then it just branches off into me meeting new people because this this artist that I'm working with is is 
now asking me to do something else. Like I did a two day bed swings for, for TI and tiny and, and they started asking me to do other things in their house <laughs> and their house house manager is asking me to do stuff and he knows different artists and it just started to spark like wildfire. And now when I was younger, it's crazy being able to see that when I was younger saying in my head, one day I'm going to work with T.I. One day, one day I'm going to work with T-Pain. And not knowing that this would be the, the, the way that I would be working with them. This would be not knowing that carpentry would be the thing to, and, and woodworking and furniture making and just being a maker period will be the thing to drive me into working with them in this new industry that I am taking very seriously. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just kind of crazy to see how all of that stuff just started to go crazy. And it's fun. It's it's definitely been fun to get to know these people, hang out with them, and just see how they are. But it's also been fun to see that, man, I make something because these people have the money to go buy whatever the heck they want to buy. It's fun to see that I make something, I make a product good enough for a person who could just go buy it, go buy it from a manufacturer and they know it's going to come out looking good. So it's, it's definitely encouraging to see that I've been working by myself, no employees <laughs> by myself for the past five and a half, six years. And these people still want something from me. And it's, again, it's just, it's just encouraging. So, yeah. We talk on the show a lot about client interaction because Clients are where people make their money. Clients are who pays for people to have their own furniture business. So client interactions are incredibly important. I feel like you're in a unique position to go beyond that a little bit and talk about the celebrity client interaction. And we don't have to say any names. We can just talk in general. But everybody always wants to say a celebrity interaction or a celebrity client, you should treat them just like a regular client. Absolutely. But I also know that there's a little bit of a different approach that you need to take for you making a celebrity client happy with what you're building for them. So one thing I know about celebrity clients is they want things right now. But if you can't get it to them right now and it's going to be a little bit harder, the communication is what is what is key that I've seen. And then also for me, I absolutely treat them just like regular people. I mean, I understand um, that you want something right now, but I th this is going to take a little bit longer. I'm a one person. I'm a one person show. And I'm going to be able to give you the details that probably more than likely this big company isn't going to be willing to give you. And I'm just honest, just completely honest. This is what I can do. This is how much I'll go above and beyond. Because again, most people aren't willing to spend the type of money on the things that celebrity clients or just anybody with, with a little bit of money. Some people aren't willing to spend that, that amount of money. So I'm able to put more into what it is that I'm building for you to give you that experience, to give you the, the first look experience, I'm able to give, give you just a little bit more. So I just want to put a little bit more into it just to make you feel like, oh, this was worth it. 
the time was worth it. The time that it took was worth it. The experience that I had with the person is worth it. And I'm not bugging you for a picture and, you know, to hang out afterwards. It's I'm literally treating you like a just, hey, just like a regular person. If you're cool enough and you want to hang out and want to take a picture, then cool. But outside of that, like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here for that. I'm here because this is what I enjoy doing. I enjoy building this stuff and seeing the look on your face when I bring it to you and you are surprised because I added a little extra flavor to it. What do you think that you've done to have that success? Is it your people skills? Is it your client skills? Is it your skills in building things? Is it your pricing? What is it? And I know there's no one answer, but what do you think that you've tapped into that has really catapulted you forward so quickly in this industry? Outside of a little favor, um, I would have to say it, it, it's just my my people skills, my attention to detail, and yeah, my, my skills with just building, period. Because my pricing, I mean, people tell me all the time, like I'm a, I'm a little more than somebody else but my like my pricing is is the same as i mean pretty much most people you know most people who are who are makers um most people who are i mean most stores online you know what i'm saying like i'm i didn't come down on pricing i actually like once i started to know that like i'm really good at this thing and i'm putting a lot of attention to detail into the stuff that i make i wasn't as competitive with my pricing anymore so it's literally just me going to these people's homes, seeing what it is that they want, making them feel like I know what it is that you want. I know I know what it is that you want, and I know that I'm the best person to make this happen for you. And then giving them that product at the end of it, and then them saying to, to me, like, man, you were the best person to make this happen. You gave me exactly what it is that I wanted. It's the personality for sure. Uh, I mean, I had uh, plenty of people tell me that um, somebody else came to their house and they were cheaper and they, I mean, they were also skilled, but they just didn't like the interaction that they had with the person. They just didn't fall in love with who the person was. So, I, I mean, just from taking a little bit of that charisma from, from being on stage and all of that and bringing it into this and again, showing up like, showing up to somebody's house and telling them, this is the type of porch swing that I'm going to make for you. I want to do this. I want to do that. You know, whatever. I'm going to draw it up for you. Um, but this is what I want to make for you. This is the type of table that I want to make for you. Type of coffee table or mirrored barn door or whatever it is, whatever that thing is, this is what I want to make for you. And this is how I feel like it will look in your home. Cause I'm an artist. I'm not just somebody who just makes something and just gives you something. I want you to feel like this is a piece. This is a staple piece in my house. When people walk up to T.I.'s house and they see those two daybed swings with the Versace print on them, with the H in the back, with the gold chains, because their house is black and gold, with the gold chains and the black rope wrapped around it, with LED lights under it and, and charging ports on both armrests and cup holders, people look at that and go, man, like this he knew exactly what they would want. So 
again, like it's it's that it's giving some it's giving a person what it is that they want. Lady asked me for a mirrored barn door. I mean, and this is this is a pretty easy build. But again, asking her what it is that she wants. Oh, well, I see you have dark floors. Oh, no, you don't want a dark door. OK, I'll bring you over some samples of other stains that you could use. That could be a good contrast for the for the floors and everything else you got in the house. So now she feels comfortable with me because I'm going a little bit above and beyond to make her feel like I really want this thing to look good in your house. So, yeah, that's that's just that's what I do. You're doing it well. You're building a name for yourself very fast in this industry. And how have you gone about getting your name out there? Because as a musician, you have a stage to stand on. and But as a furniture maker, you don't really have that stage. So what have you seen as you've grown in this business, the best way to get your clients? Because I work by myself, um, I don't have any employees or anything. Word of mouth has been the best thing for me. Because, I mean, I know once you start putting a lot of, a lot of marketing dollars into something, then a lot more people start to come. And it's, it's less stressful for me to work with maybe five clients and then go and then move on. You know what I'm saying? Just keep a five client rotation. Um, it's, it, that's a whole lot easier. But I just treat this industry like the stage. People are going to talk about things that they enjoy. If you put on a good show, and you just you did a concert and you killed that concert people are going to go back and say hey man the next the next j paul concert we have to go we have to be there and same thing for this industry if you make something and you don't put your heart and soul into making that thing and you cut corners or whatever that person is also going to go back and say man i'm not really a fan of of what he made me i i really don't like it so you have to make people want to be a fan and they're going to tell people because now, Oh, you have something that I like and it's, it's different. It's a little different than, than what I can get online or whatever. For me, word of mouth has been the best thing. Like I get emails all the time. You came highly recommended. You came highly recommended. And I'm like, I really appreciate that <laughs> because that just means that people are are literally just fans of 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 the work. They see that you put in in hard work. You put hard work into making this product look as good as you could. But once I start getting some more clientele, I plan on still using that same method, but also, you know, switching it up a little bit and let's see if we can start doing some online marketing and still make the person a fan of the product what's the before and after look like what what are people saying like specific to that to that area you know i mean i don't want to i don't want to try to sell something to somebody in california and nobody in california has, has ever had any anything that i have now if i'm able to go out there and build something or make something for somebody and then those people get to start telling hey he made this and this was great this was crazy i loved it then That'll help, but I'm not, I, I just, I, I just for myself, <laughs> I'm not the person who wants to sell you something 
or build you something or whatever and you don't really even know if you're gonna like it i want you to know that you're gonna like it and you know that you're gonna like it because you know somebody close enough to you has something well it's a lifestyle brand that you're building you're keeping it manageable for what you want it to be and that is your definition of success right now and it could change at any at any point you could scale but right now your company is busy you have enough work to book out for a while and you're successful so that is your definition of success and i hear a lot of people talking about their own definition of success and that's the great thing about everybody having their own company where everybody's looking for something different and you don't need to chase after that 15 person shop where you're turning out projects for a hundred clients a month and that is successful for some people but that's not necessarily where you want to be so it's great to hear that you have molded your business to where you feel it's successful and you're happy Mm -hmm. with that you're not chasing somebody else's goal or somebody else's dream yeah absolutely there's people out there who want to have furniture companies they want to work for themselves and Maybe they're coming from a different creative industry, or maybe they're coming from a totally different industry that has nothing to do with furniture, but they still have that drive to have a furniture company. And there's also people who have been doing this for a while and who have had success, but feel like there's more on the table that they're not taking advantage of. They'd like to be more successful. As somebody who's been in this industry, as somebody who has been successful in this industry, as somebody who is achieving their goals, what's some advice that you could share with people out there listening to find their own success? Biggest thing I would say is just be yourself. Be be yourself and, and be comfortable in what it is that you do. I've heard the the statement. You're a great you, but you're terrible somebody else. And I mean, that's that has never been more true. <laughs> if I would have come into furniture building, woodworking, and tried to, and just naming this guy just because I'm a fan of his work, but designs by Donnie, tried to do the things that he does, I probably wouldn't have found out, like I probably wouldn't have found my niche. I would just be copying the exact same things that he makes. Now, that's not to say that you can't take from from somebody else's, like see somebody else's creation and go, oh, that that sparks and sparks a, a, a thought or inspires me a little bit. But if you be yourself and and allow yourself to take just little pieces of things from everybody else. Um, I mean, even with with you, Ethan, like taking the fact that I saw you talking to everybody when we first met. And I'm like, man, I just need to start talking to people, even though I feel like a little bit of an imposter. Let me just start talking to people and, and having conversations with people. 
those things, like those small things go a long way, but you just be you be yourself, be comfortable with who you are and don't, don't try to copy anybody, (laughs) like learn, learn your craft, be comfortable with who you are. I think that'll go a long way. Like that's my advice. Don't be anybody else. I want to talk a little bit about imposter syndrome because you've brought it up twice and you are a confident person. You have confidence in yourself. And Mm -hmm. if anyone's ever met you, then they know that, but you seem to not have complete confidence when it comes to your furniture company, which looking at it from my side, looking at you and what you've built and the people you've worked with and the success you've had in the industry seems crazy because I'd look at you and say, you've made it. There's no imposter there. You're doing exactly what you should be doing. You have a furniture business and you're successful at it. But yeah, I also understand that no matter what accolades or what you've accomplished on the outside, sometimes you don't feel like you're like you've made it on the inside. So I ask this because I know a lot of people also deal with this feeling where they don't think that they've made it or they don't think that they're where they necessarily feel like they want to be, even though the outside world doesn't see it that way. So can you talk a little bit about that, that feeling as a furniture company owner and how you're working on it? I don't, I don't have all of the things, some of the conversations that I had, that I've had with other people, like about some of the tools they use. I'm like, I don't even know what that is. (laughs) <laughs> and have to have to go Google that tool. Um, now I have, I mean, I have a, a, a lot of tools, but I mean, it's just some stuff I, I, I don't know. I mean, if somebody told me that a metal stretcher was a real thing, I probably would go try to find one. I mean, of course there's not a thing called a metal stretcher, but I just, it just, that's the thing that makes you that for me, myself makes me feel like a bit of an outsider. And makes it a little bit harder for me to feel like, okay, you belong here. This is, this is your space. I don't know how deep you want to go into it. We can go wherever you want to go. This is your story. It's, it's your journey. And I'm here to listen to whatever you want to share. Okay. Me coming from uh, the music industry, specifically R&B and rap. Um, and Christian and gospel, there are a lot of people who look like me in that industry. And then bringing myself and, and moving myself into, into a new industry where there's not a lot of people who look like me, it kind of makes you feel like, uh, maybe I'm not supposed to be here. Maybe I should have stayed. You know what I'm saying like that's that's where my mind goes automatically, and I don't have all of the best tools. I don't have all the. So it is. I mean, for me, it is exciting to see other black people who are in the industry, and then to see other people 
Latino people, white people, whoever, you know what I'm saying, come and embrace the people who who aren't the majority in in that industry. And it just helps me and other people to to feel like, oh, I I belong here. This is anybody can do this. You know what I'm saying? I'm, that helps people to feel like I'm not an imposter or I'm not, I, I don't belong in this specific space as much as as much as we we feel like we don't the industry the furniture industry is what you said it has historically not been very open to change but as the furniture community grows and as it expands and becomes more inclusive and becomes less on who you are and more on your skills and how your work speaks for itself, then I think it's going to become a much richer industry and a much more exciting industry to be a part of. So I do appreciate you sharing that aspect of it. And I know that it's not always the most comfortable thing to talk about when we talk about furniture and furniture building that feelings sometimes get left out and emotional parts sometimes get left out, but it goes deeper than just the business side, just the ones and zeros and Excel charts and due dates for projects and contracts. And knowing yeah. that there's more to the industry and taking that in and understanding that alongside the business side and alongside the building side is going to make the furniture industry a lot healthier in the long run. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I really do appreciate your time and you sitting down with me and sharing your story and sharing how you got to the successful business that you are today and thank you so much for for sharing your story and i wish you all the best success in the future wherever you take your company for sure man appreciate it thank you for having me for sure thank you thanks so much for listening to building a furniture brand with ethan abramson if you liked what you heard you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you like to listen to learn more about the show, you can visit buildingafurniturebrand.com and feel free to reach out anytime to say hey, ask a question, or suggest a guest for future episodes. Our email is hello at buildingafurniturebrand.com. You can follow along with me on Instagram at thebuildwithethan, and I can't wait to bring you the next episode. This show is produced and edited by me, Ethan Abramson. Hope you enjoyed, and thanks so much for listening. The Building a Furniture Brand with Ethan Amos and Podcast is proudly part of the Woodpreneur Network, the media network and community for wood entrepreneurs. Check out woodpreneurlife.com for more information.